0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life. Each of us needs to awaken, to explore in depth who we really are. Welcome to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Today, we'll learn what our past lives can tell us about our present life, and understand how our beliefs create our reality. Now, here is Dr. Joe Mancini.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and spiritual counselor in private practice in Maryland. And now for those who are new listeners, I want to speak briefly, as I usually do, about the overall focus of the show. In various ways on the show and every episode, we'll, we will examine how to access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life. To accomplish that goal, each of us needs to awaken, to explore in depth who each of us really is to recognize oneself as a compassionate, multi-dimensional being made of God stuff, and to accept responsibility for being the co-creator with all that is of every bit of one's reality. This series of 13 episodes that began on August 13th will focus on what past lives can tell us about who we really are. My guests and I will examine several related topics such as the true nature of past lives, soul, mission, and karma, the multi dimensional self reincarnating soul groups, intact group past life regression, soul contracts, how to change past lives, and other such topics, including natal regression, our topic for today. A further aid to all this exploration are the concepts about past lives and other metaphysical matters that were voiced by Seth, that energy personality essence channeled by Jane Roberts from 1963 to her passing over in 1984. Rich Kendall, one of the so-called New York boys who attended Jane's ESP classes in the early 70s, shared with us at the beginning of the series some of Seth's ideas about past lives. You can access that show and others by going to the episode directory on my Voice America homepage. I also want to remind you of the workshop I will be doing November 16th and 17th in Belsville, uh, I'm sorry, in Belsville Maryland, with Dana and Shana Robinson, my guests, from two weeks ago. It is called Future Life Progression and Shamanic Journeying. I also want to announce a group past life progression open to anyone that I will facilitate on Thursday night, October 24th, at my home office in Rockville, Maryland. For either workshop, please email or call me for more details. My contact info is on my homepage. And now to my guest and topic for today. My guest is Tim Zimmerman Sierra. Tim has been lead instructor at the Hypnotherapy Academy of America in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for 18 years. He teaches the only complete clinical hypnotherapy training in the United States. His foundational training is 400 classroom hours taught in the accelerated format. The Hypnotherapy Academy of America is the only place you will find an additional 100 hours. That's two weeks straight learning natal regression therapy, interlife exploration, and past life therapy. Tim was also a two-term president of the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners and is now a director of the International Board of Hypnotherapy, which was created to improve requirements for certification as a hypnotherapist. And just today, he told me that NIH is using some of of his techniques taught at the academy. Um, to achieve mind-body integration. Tim will be talking with me today about the hypnotic modality called natal regression, which helps the client discover many aspects of his or her womb and birth experiences not previously known. The process can also help the client discover aspects of his or her contract for the current lifetime, a contract that is often influenced by one or more past lives. A bit later, I will introduce another guest who will share with us her direct experience of natal regression. But right now, I want to say, good morning, Tim, and welcome to the
2: show. Good morning, Dr. Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
1: Okay. My first question to you, Tim, is this. Given that natal regression, as far as I know, is not taught as a separate, distinct modality in and of itself in any other hypnosis school, how did you come to develop this process and why?
2: Natal regression therapy is simply one of the fastest ways to show someone how they are unconsciously recreating their childhood in their adulthood. There are patterns from womb time that are established that are so deeply held in the unconscious that they represent patterns of unconscious behavior that never reach conscious mind analysis. So conscious talk therapy does a poor job of actually analyzing or discovering those types of patterns that are accepted or decided while we're in the womb. So we had to really develop a, a really comprehensive style of education where people would understand, where students learning hypnotherapy would get the chance to really understand what are all the different karmic influences that create the setup that attracts those parents to that, to that, that, those future parents to this client. Mm -hmm. This this being who's gonna incarnate onto the planet needs to have parents that hold the correct karmic configuration to help them, as you say, you know, work out their contract. Mm -hmm. So we really need more time to really get good at what is natal regression. We have to learn natal psychology. We gotta learn about parent types and mother types we need to learn about what are the adaptations that are commonly observed in the womb. So we we accept the notion, like you do, that we're completely conscious in the womb, making sophisticated decisions that, upon birth, become unconscious memories that affect our personality development and our behavior as we grow up and become adults. So there's a lot of interesting and important uh, facts about how we you know how we develop. That we have to give time to. So one of the one of the unfortunate models in hypnotherapy education is watch me hypnotize somebody, review the past, take them out of hypnosis, and we hope they feel better now. Mm -hmm. And you know, kind of watch me do it, and then you go try it. And that's the that's been the old model of hypnotherapy education. We actually study adult education models and saw that there's a whole new way that has to that, that teaching has to happen. So for instance, we need to do all that theoretical back, back back up for everybody so they understand what are all the psychological developments that are going on and add on the metaphysical component of component of reincarnation uh interlife or life between life. That's where we're reviewing the uh the past life you know, and we want to look at what's the right setup for me to learn the most I can in the future incarnation. We, want, we have to have all of that metaphysical uh, theory as well before you can really do a, a really productive natal regression. So that takes time. Um, that takes enough time to be with your instructors, um, learning about it, and then demonstration of the techniques. And then, the, for instance, the usage of a protocol. So, so that a new hypnotherapist can use a, about a 20-page protocol that that leads them through the session. When client says this, we do that. When the client says that, we do this. So it's a 20-page protocol to run a natal regression therapy productively. There are 10 phases of a natal regression that need to be accomplished for complete work to be done. Starting with past life influences, interlife contracts what's happening at was was the uh, was the conception conscious were the parents looking for a child or were they not looking for a child and what do we as the new being uh how do, what do we think about that were we wanted or unwanted we have to go through exploration of of gestation was there birth trauma was it a was it a pleasant birth Or was it a traumatic birth physically or emotionally? Uh, what happened during early bonding? What happened, was there bonding with mother or mother surrogate, the father, or with a nurse? Or, you know, because maybe, maybe mom had a medical emergency or baby had a medical emergency. All of these circumstances add up to early imprinting on our mind. And because they're so, they happened so long ago for us adults, they're mostly unconscious. We might have some conscious memories of, of those circumstances, but the unconscious decisions that we made in response to those situations is what we want to discover. Those act like beliefs or programs in the subconscious mind causing behavior in present time. That causes to trust people in our life or not trust people in our life, look forward to reaching out and connecting with others, or to isolate and not connect with others. All of those are patterns that come out of that time. We want to look at the response from siblings and other family members. Where Was the uh, child not wanted by the other siblings and set up a sibling rivalry situation that now plays out in adulthood with, Someone becoming highly insecure and competitive with coworkers, or or even their own their own current family members. So you can see, there's a lot. That period of time is so rich psychologically that it really deserves uh, at least 100 hours of education. After someone is a clinical hypnotherapist, first we need to be able to use all of those modalities that are. Built into the skill set of a clinical hypnotherapist, before we start looking at such a rich and important part of time for all of us in our development,
1: and, and it is in, it is indeed an incredibly rich time. I want to underline a couple of things that um, you were saying for my listeners. One of them is that you cannot do sufficient healing simply from a psych, the psychological level. You need also the spiritual level. And, you know, involved with the intro life, past lives, and that sort of thing. And I think that's a very important um, notion that that I, is uh, something I want to underline for my listeners. Uh-huh. That healing cannot fully take place on the merely psychological level. You've, you've got to bring in um, those spiritual resources. The second thing that I want to underline and... Uh, you we you and i take this for granted that the the you know that that time in the womb is a time of consciousness limited mm-hmm. but consciousness and for a lot of people that's an incredible revelation mm-hmm. i'm conscious in the womb and i am making decisions yeah that's pretty an amazing uh, wrinkle to this whole understanding of who we really are—that we're actually still conscious in in the womb. The decisions we make become unconscious, but nevertheless, at that time, we are conscious. Can you talk about um, the nature of that consciousness? It's limited, and how it's limited, and what and what can happen with the the uh, the uh, consciousness fields of the mother and the father and siblings. Uh, in relation to the child's consciousness,
2: so you know, w- you know we we, uh, we accept the notion that we are a soul or um, a, a, a being, and to use um, Buddhist language, uh, which uh, having an understanding of the mind sciences as they relate to spiritual development, the, the uh, Buddhist language does help a lot. So they they refer to us or you and I, as a mind continuum, a mind continuum, There's where there really was a beginningless beginning and an endless end. So you or the consciousness of Joe or the consciousness of Tim has been going on for millennia, and that as karmic situations ripen perfectly, we will... Drop our mind, our mind continuum into a body for mm-hmm. a birth, for a birth. So, so that's the conception and the development of the embryo, you know, into the fetus, into the baby. So that we need a vehicle, a physical vehicle for us to experience physical karma. So now we, we, our consciousness, our mind continuum vi, acts, acts like a, a guest in a guest house. So use this analogy that our body is like a guest house. And occasionally you, the visitor, will come stay in the guest house until the guest house no longer serves a function or or when we, when, when our body dies, when our body ceases to function, uh, you know, hopefully in, in old age. So then the guest leaves the guest house. Uh, so that's us, our mind, leaving our body, but it's a, it's a formless continuum. So our mind can continue as we gather information. So, you know, in Buddhist language we use more of the word mind. In Judeo-Christian language you use the word soul. So we'd say our soul is on a continuum. And that occasionally it takes, it goes into the body or takes form in a body and for that birth, life, death cycle to occur so the consciousness is really we use the word having consciousness that means we have awareness even though we have a developing body and for this reason we say there are no baby souls there are no you know there this there is this this concept of you know this is maybe my first life on earth or something like that i i don't accept that at all i i believe that the soul is as timeless as the creator and that you and I um, are powerful beings, you know, sp- powerful spiritual beings that cannot be wounded, but are learning. The body can be wounded, and the personality can be wounded. You are making that difference between the spiritual... Uh, we have to have spiritual concepts integrated for a spiritual healing. That's what's going to heal the mind. That's what heals the psychology of the individual. So, for instance... Siddhartha Buddha does, you know, the extended definition of what is karma, according to Siddhartha Buddha, is that we, for every action, every intentional action we perform, we experience a similar result. Not exact, but similar. And it has to be, and notice the definition says intentional. So for everything we are doing in a past life, we will experience a similar result either in that life or in some future life. So when I say karma ripens, it's like now we now I'm waiting for a body in the spirit form. And I realize that it's time to learn this lesson and that lesson and this lesson for my soul's development and for me to bring harmony back to things I've done in the past that created disharmony. And we always say, you know, kind of jokingly, we're more courageous on the other side. You know. So we right. pick parents that are gonna set us up for the most learning, which tends to be difficult. We tend to learn through contrast, we tend to learn through upsets and problems and being mistreated and all these different things that really force us eventually to see that the body is the illusion, that the actions of others does not define do not define us that we are greater than our history. And in a good natal regression therapy session, someone will start with reconnecting with their spiritual nature in interlife. In fact, we even use modern psychological techniques, including neuro linguistic programming and other hypnotherapy techniques, that once we look at and get in touch with who we are in spirit form, before we take on this incarnation, we're going to anchor that into our physiology, anchor that psychology into our psychology. So we're, we're literally going to anchor what it's like to be in spirit form with that non-ego or less ego awareness of oneness and connection and the setup of life and that, you know, really we learn through contrast and, and we, we grow faster through difficulty and, and it's, you know, it's kind of unfortunate, but that's how we learn. We learn through difficulty.
1: Okay, and Tim, the- I'm going to have to ask you to anchor that thought <laughs> okay. uh, because we have to take a break. Uh, you are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, and we'll be right back with more from my guest, Tim Zimmerman Sierra, a certified clinical hypnotherapist about natal regression.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? or bring startling clear images of loved ones who have passed over these are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email. At SoulServer at Errols.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043. Or by email at Soul SRVR at erols.com. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. We're listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at Errols.com. That's soul, S R V R at erals, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome
1: back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mancini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking with my guest, Tim Simon Sierra, clinical hypnotherapist, about the nuances of natal regression. Tim, what I'd like you to talk about right now is what happens when the fetus's consciousness has trouble differentiating from the consciousness of the mother and also uh, of the energy fields of other uh, members of the family who might be around.
2: So it's, there, there isn't the development of self and the individuation yet. We have uh, an awareness of self but the mind and the brain, for instance we know that within you know 12 weeks of gestation the brain has neural pathways ready for programming. So there are auditory signals and and uh, visual signals coming into the brain and making an impact on on the brain's development. We know that stressed-out mothers cause the body to stay in sympathetic nervous system. This causes actually less blood supply to brain development and more blood supply diverted to bone and muscle development, so that someone's who's in, you know the, the survival of that is that the you know the the reason for this is that if a mother's growing up in a sorry if the mother's in a stressful environment, it's likely that the child will be in a stressful environment, and therefore would need more of their survival mechanism, which is big bones and muscle, to be a warrior and and survive. If we think back. You know, hundreds or thousands of years of, of development and evolution. This was a, this was a safety mechanism. While if the mother is more calm, centered, and at peace, uh, stays more in their parasympathetic nervous system, more relaxed during the baby's gestation, more blood supply is given to brain development, and we actually get a, a smarter child with more intelligence, with a higher IQ. Now, IQ and intelligence stays a variable throughout a child and, a, and an adult's um, development. It's not frozen. It used to be thought that IQ was frozen, but it's not. It, as we can stay you know, in a centered, peaceful, low-stress environment, we get more blood supply to the frontal lobe and we get a better IQ and better problem-solving ability. So one is the physical difference. Between stress and and being calm and centered, but also there are behavioral patterns that come out of that. So, you know, the uh, I had one client who had terrible migraine headaches as a as a as a child and as an adult, and uh, she suffered in during her natal regression therapy session where we review what's happening during interlife, the gestation period, and birth and bonding. She saw that um, she actually, during her birth, she's reviewing the session and recalls or reviews that she was stuck in the birth canal. The physician needed to use forceps to help her move out, when she's a baby, move out the birth canal successfully. And her analysis was that, that that actually changed the structure of her skull just a little bit and resulted in her migraine headaches happening as a child, teenager, and adult. In the session, we do a re-scripting step. So we know that thought is creative and thought influences form. So we can go back and, and improve or alter the memory in such a way that it'll have a physical benefit in the present time. So we use the technique to rescript her birthing where she could protect her skull during birthing in the kind of rescript or the recreation if you would of her birth. Migraines went away, never had another migraine. So we know that this can have a physical health health improvement. It's not always, not all ailments or conditions are related to womb time, but it found turned out that hers was.
1: Wow. And it's absolutely amazing. Again, another example of how mind creates reality. Um, yes. It's just, I mean, we can change some of these things that have happened to us. And daily regression is one of the greatest ways to do that because so many of what uh, of the things that happen to us in terms of negative patterns throughout our lives are centered in that time period uh, when we're, well, we enter life as well, but also when, once we're born in entering into physical reality that womb time is so formative tell us a little bit about um how the ways we are literally born you mentioned the forceps uh cesarean what kinds of psychological patterns tend to get developed by virtue of how we're
2: actually uh brought out of the womb it's very there, there are distinct patterns. For instance, um, the child who's who's uh, during birth, if it's forceps, there tend to be some very specific birth patterns that come out of forceps. Now, this these are just the negative adaptations. There can be positive adaptations also. But for instance, exactly. in, in a forceps birth, we tend to we tend to accept or decide that people. Will try to control or manipulate, m- manipulate us. That we need to do it on our own, or we never do enough on our own. And that's all the adaptation to the forceps birth. So the forceps, So we we naturally want to have a you know a, a healthy vaginal birth, and uh, what's called, sometimes called a normal birth. But for instance, in forceps, that's interrupted. Even though it might be life-saving medically, we might decide something. Like people try to control us. In other words, the forceps controlled my birth instead of me doing it on my own. Now that's probably the perfect decision based on the karmic need for that person to grow and learn. Uh, what if it's an unplanned or unwanted baby? Often the child might accept or decide that they're an unwanted person, that they don't fit, they feel like they they don't belong, or mm-hmm. that maybe they are a mistake. So these are belief patterns that that we would want, that we help them heal in reverse. Uh, what if it's the wrong sex? Mom and dad want a boy, but it's a girl, or vice versa. So they might, they might accept or decide, the child might accept or decide that they are a disappointment to the world, or they're a disappointment to the ones they love. Now that's a setup, right, for, look at that script, that belief, and how it might interrupt mm-hmm. uh, healthy, loving relationships when they grow up. I would so in other words, so. they might be projecting that they are a disappointment and then sabotage the relationship out of that projection when, in fact, they may not be. The The other person in the relationship might appreciate them and not feel like they're a disappointment. The client's belief pattern would interrupt that loving relationship. Uh, a breach baby. Sometimes, sometimes breach babies decide they do things wrong or they have to back out of a problem or that life is struggle. The breech birth is tends to be a more difficult birth than a head down birth. So these are examples of what what decisions or programming might might occur in the breech baby. So they they actually might have a belief an unconscious belief or maybe they become conscious that life is struggle, life is difficult because their birth was so difficult. It acts like programming. Um, this is happening a lot now, induced labor. And uh, so this is, you know, the use of oxytocin or pitocin to initialize or speed up in the hospital to speed up the the contractions or make the contractions more intense. So when, when in the womb during that, um, so that the baby's not ready, and and wants more time in gestation, maybe an extra few days or an extra week. But the schedules, uh, you know, people's life schedules, they, the doctor might say, let's induce and get the baby born and move on. And so, uh, you know, or there might be a medical reason, but the baby wants more time in the womb. So that they might come up with a belief that I'm not ready for the world or I can't get what I want or... Um, people manipulate me or there's not enough time for me. You know, some people have so much stress thinking there's not enough time, there's not enough time right. in their daily schedules. Well, some people don't have that thought even though they might be rushed and some people do have that thought and we found that if it's an induced birth, often that's the resulting psychological programming that's running them at the unconscious level. Uh, premature birth. Uh, I'm not enough I'm too small I'm vulnerable these are common uh, scripts programming scripts in the mind if it's a drugged birth so maybe um, emergency c-section uh, and mom is put under general emergency general anesthesia um, I have to be numb to be alive is a common um uh, scripting that comes with that, or programming. I can't do things on my own. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the use of drugs and anesthesia came into vogue just after the Second World War, 1940s, 50s. And uh, the, so we, what we see is that our birth acts like an, an you know, it acts like an initial sensitizing event. Here's what mm-hmm. to expect in life, and here's what you need to be alive. And it's interesting that that uh, drugs were used more prevalently in childbirth during the 40s and 50s, and then the 60s and 70s, we get the drug culture of the 60s and 70s. Right.
0: So I
2: need to be drugged to be alive is the script that's unconsciously playing. Uh, cesarean births, uh, sometimes they believe... They, sometimes they have an obstetrician thought. So perhaps it's to save the life of the child or the mother. But the child can be making up a decision like, um, uh, I'm interrupted in life. I don't get to do the things I want to do when I want to do them. Sometimes they have an obstetrician thought, an adaptation to the obstetrician, like doctors save me or doctors or authority figures scare me. Well, these are all the unconscious thought patterns that run us as adults that we're discovering are occurring or becoming sensitized during gestation, specifically birth patterns, okay. that we can reverse. The good news is we can reverse that with skillful clinical hypnotherapy techniques. We can help a client become conscious of the unconscious programming resulting from birth and reverse any of those limiting notions so they don't keep running us in present time as adults.
1: I'd like to uh, go to the other end of the gestation period, to conception and when the parents or the mother and then the father discover uh, that the mother is pregnant. Uh, this is an important part of mm. the whole process. And t- share with our listeners, what part does the father's consciousness and awareness have um, on the developing baby, particularly around conception and discovery of the pregnancy?
2: Yeah, so the um, is the child wanted or not wanted, or is the parent ready or not ready? Here's an interesting thing. Sometimes parents don't feel uh, emotionally ready, financially ready, but they want a child. So the kind of the sticky problem is that sometimes, if the emotion is I'm not ready, and the father is feeling that and thinking that, that acts like a transmission to the womb, mm-hmm. and often the child can notice this, tune into this, and will say, "Oh, I'm not wanted." When, when in fact it's maybe a, a misinterpretation. It's not that I'm not wanted. It's that he's not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not prepared, but he'll do it and he will come to love me and feel, you know, feel good about having that child eventually. But at first he's overwhelmed and, you know, now maybe he's, he thinks about the financial situation or the emotional situation and is he really prepared or not. This is a confusion that occurs sometimes. That's beautiful, because during a natal regression therapy session, our adult reasoning mind is still intact and is able to take kind of a a bigger view of what's going on while we're remembering the past circumstances. So what's nice is when we were children or when we were a baby, we didn't have that intact adult ego state. But as an adult client, reviewing what happened during conception or during early gestation, the first trimester or womb time or birth, the adult uh, um, ego state, the adult mind of the client is also there reviewing the past with a more forest for the trees perspective, a more, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And we really get that. We really get to see, Oh, it's not that dad didn't love me. It's not that mom didn't love me. It's that they weren't psychologically prepared or that they weren't financially prepared, you know, or physically prepared. So there. oftentimes we can clear up these confusions as well during the session.
1: And you can also clear up confusions between what is the child's thoughts and what are the it's mother's the and father's thoughts.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I a, I want to, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I had a client one time who had a lot of problem with, with uh, feast and famine income. A successful artist would often sell a piece of art for $20,000 and notice that money would come in with a couple of sales and burn through the money really quickly and then have nothing go into famine. And so uh, he wanted to process what was the underlying cause of all of that feast and famine pattern and stop that pattern and let, just let there be ongoing prosperity so we ask asked the subconscious mind to reveal the cause, and he goes back to natal during the hypnosis session. Uh, he saw that his, um, his parents didn't really have enough money. And while he was in the womb, third, third, uh, third trimester, sixth, seventh month, mom fell and uh, fell down and needed to go to the doctor to get checked out, but had the thought, there's not enough money. There's, we didn't have insurance back in those days. There's not enough money. There's not enough money. Uh, it turned out that, that, you know, the, the pregnancy was fine and that the baby who's now the client, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later is healthy and perfectly fine. But the thought that mother had, there's not enough money is the thought that was accepted by the mind of the child in utero and as you say in your in your opening thought is creative so if i'm programmed with the thought there's not enough money that's the script running in my subconscious mind whether i whether i accept that thought in utero or you know as a child or or you know something like that so he accepted it during in utero you know third trimester so he would he might have lots of money come in but would unconsciously set up not having enough money to comply with the belief, there's not enough. There's not enough. Right. So we got he got to see the origin of that thought. And then we did use special techniques to reverse that thought, kind of program the positive reversal, so he could create ongoing prosperity instead of set up unconsciously the situation. There's still not enough, which was his mother's thought, right? Not his.
1: Okay. Well, unfortunately, my thought right now is that we have to take another break. Uh, you're listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini. We re- be, we will be right back with more from my guest, Tim Zimmerman Sierra, clinical hypnotherapist, about natal regression.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? or bring startling clear images of loved ones who have passed over. These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations. Specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy, Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at SoulServer server at Errols.com to find out more that's three zero one five two six two zero four three or by email at soul s-r-v-r at e-r-o-l-s
1: Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, Blackberry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market. The
0: Voice America Seventh Wave Channel Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at Errols.com. That's soul, S R V R at erals, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mancini, hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking with my guest, Tim Simmerman Sierra, clinical hypnotherapist. I now want to uh, introduce to my listeners another hip- uh, hypnotherapist, Anna Gabriella Raphael. Welcome, Anna. Hello, Joe. And I asked Ana to come on because she has been w- willing to uh, talk about her natal regression and the details of that and, more important, the impact on her life of uh, experiencing that modality. So tell us how long ago it was that you did this. Oh,
3: it was um, last April. So uh, okay, quite so- a while ago.
1: Okay. And I want to tell my listeners that, and I know Tim will agree with this, you can't do a natal regression more than once because there's so much material Mm -hmm. that you can get, right? Uh, When I did mine, I I went to the womb in, I think, the third trimester, and that was it. But there was a lot that was happening because I had a twin sister. Uh, If we have time, I'll I'll talk about that. But I'm going to go back to Anna. So it was April, so this is all very fresh in your mind. Uh, Tell us what happened.
3: Well, in the natal regression therapy session, I became aware of a decision that I made in the interlife uh, to bring light and love and um, picked my parents very specifically so that I can experience forgiveness. Mm. And um, then the next thing I remember Remembered was being in the womb and noticing my conception, where I felt very strongly that my mother was horrified at the whole uh, behavior of um, conception, and from that moment I became a little unsure, but still wanting to bring what I decided to bring to this world. Throughout the gestation, um, she was fearful. Uh, she felt put down, um, and my relationship with my mother has been one of resentment because, in fact, she resented the fact of her body changing, mm-hmm. and um, it, was, uh, it was quite the, the journey. I, I, um, I found myself seeing her, though, as a bewildered, innocent woman who really didn't have the skills to be prepared for life, for the realities of life.
1: I know. Um, excuse me for a second. Yeah. How much of what you just told us did you know before you did the nail?
3: I don't remember anything uh, about who she was or who they were, except that I came to be of forgiveness. I didn't know how that was going to happen exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, only that they were just souls that, that we needed to have an interaction of some kind, and that, for me, was forgiveness. So... I literally rushed right in, I think, probably without thought. Um, And I rushed because it was important for this to get done, probably a past life where I didn't have enough time to finish something else. Uh Um, I was, in fact, premature, rushing out to do it. But in the womb, I I made a decision to be a buffer to this innocent person that was my mother to protect her from the things that were harming her. And uh, she had... um, terrible self-thoughts about not being smart enough, not being good enough. Uh, and I took those on as part mm-hmm. of my gestation mm-hmm. period. And throughout my life, I often felt I wasn't good enough. I, I wasn't enough. Until I realized that it wasn't really my thought through the natal regression session. When I realized how innocent she was, I had this overwhelming uh, sense of compassion and love and forgiveness that is now, at the moment, moving me to tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt resentment for my mother for over 45 years, and that was so completely transformed that today I think back over this session and still cannot find the slightest bit of upset around my relationship with my mother. I wear her perfume now, and I, and I honor her for everything that she tried to do in her way to protect me.
1: That is an amazing story. And again, talks, it shows the transformative nature of this modality. When you were going through the regression, uh, were you feeling a lot of emotion as these revelations uh, came to you?
3: I remember when I noticed how innocent she was. <clears throat> Excuse me. I remember when I noticed that that she was in a situation that again she had no tools for, no skills for. And that became that, that overwhelming sense of compassion and wanting to protect her and wanting to be a buffer for her against a life that, at least from my point of view, she was really unable to um, do in a in a skillful, easy way.
0: And, so and during my,
3: my childhood, that desire to buffer her created a situation where I I took abuse, the most horrible kind of abuse, from my father in an attempt to buffer her from mm-hmm. those realities.
1: Mm. Tim, did you have something to say?
2: Yeah, what Anna's describing is... Uh, uh, but notice, so Anna, before your hypnotherapy session... And by the way, this is while Anna was in school becoming a clinical. So everybody in class gets to experience the sessions like you did, uh, Joe, when you were in school at the academy. So everybody gets to experience the sessions and do the sessions. So before the session, though, Anna, that noticing of mom's innocence, that wasn't your perspective about mom, was it?
3: Oh, no, no. Before the natal regression therapy session, I avoided any contact with my mother. Uh, I, I was know. strange <laughs> for her or... for almost 40 years. I would call her on her birthday. I would call her um, on my children's birthday for them to communicate. But I was so filled with resentment, <clears throat> almost, <clears throat> almost hatred. Because every, up, every time I spoke to her, there was a criticism and telling me that I wasn't very smart and that I wasn't capable and that I wasn't enough and that I would never be anything over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And it was impossible for me to talk to her without crying and just wondering what life was even for.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: I avoided
1: her at all costs. So, Anna, after the regression, what was it like when you met your mother again for the first time? Well...
3: My mother passed a year oh, before the okay. regression, which is, no, it's, it's really extraordinary because even though she was not available in form
2: mm-hmm.
3: physically, I could still feel who she was and my interactions with her on a soul level are so beautiful, so perfect, so filled with the forgiveness and compassion that I came in for that I feel quite complete. And today, I'm wearing her perfume in honor of her. <laughs>
1: Fantastic,
2: uh, Tim. Do you did, have any other session, questions, Anna? Did you did you bring your mom's spirit back into the room? Did you bring her at, I the, did. The, at the end of your session or no?
3: I did. I yeah. did, and it was it was beautiful. It was emotional, and it was it was as though we were both filled with light, and whatever karmic pattern we had come in to work um, through was complete.
2: So, Doctor Joe, not with every client, experience. but a lot of the clients, if they can process the resentment and gain a bigger, under you know, a greater view, a bigger picture, uh, and 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 maybe see why was my mom or my dad the way they were, while we're reviewing this with our you know an intact adult mind, um, we can move to which is what what the greatest life lesson, forgiveness acceptance, understanding, and compassion, which is that, the real goal of therapy.
1: That's, that's exactly right. And I think when we recognize who we truly are and who others truly are, the, the people that we've asked to come in and help us deal with a karmic pattern, um, that's when forgiveness really happens, when we know the truth, the reverse of, of what you have called the I think the original lie, yeah, the uh, about lie, ourselves yeah. and about um, other people, and it's often an incredibly, as in an honest case, dramatic reversal. Absolutely dramatic mm-hmm. reversal. Um, I want to briefly say what happened to me. I just went into my mother's room du- directly, and suddenly became aware of my twin sister. Now, one of the things I noticed about my relationship with my sister is that we had not um, been close uh, for many, many, many years. And I always wondered that even after she died. In the womb, um, she told me that she wasn't going to even be born. And I pleaded with her if she could stay a little bit longer and she agreed to that. But what happened as I found out uh, about all of this is that I stayed away from her after we were born because I was afraid uh, on an unconscious level that she would die and okay. that I would be wrenched. It didn't help because when she died, I experienced a tremendous amount of pain.
2: How old was well, she when she passed, Joe? Uh,
1: 38. Uh huh. So this was, I wish I could tell you more, but we're um, drawing to a close. So I would love to. Right now, to thank you so much, Tim and Anna, for sharing with us the nature of natal regression and its potentially powerful impact on those who take that journey. And you can see I took the journey too, and it was really powerful for me. So tune in next week when I will be interviewing Stuart Wilson and Joanna Prentice, authors of several books, including a trilogy on the Essenes, that focuses in large part on the figure of Mary Magdalene. They will discuss how they worked using regression techniques and with the channel's help of an angel named Olariel to capture otherwise lost history. From the past-life perspective of Daniel, a friend of Joseph of Arimathea, they reveal Jeshua's healing in the womb with the help of the Essenes. Joanna and Stuart will tell us also how they facilitated other regression subjects to reveal the real and extremely powerful significance of Mary Magdalene. This is Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations of Consciousness with Dr. Joe. May you all open to the peace of all that is in every moment of your lives. Thank you so much for listening and a hearty good day to all of you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Please join us again next Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll offer another enlightening program next week.
2: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.